Claire FM's Beyond Belief with Father Jerry Kenny. Very good evening and you're warmly welcome to Beyond Belief on Clare FM on this Sunday, the 11th of February 2024. Father Jerry Kenny in the chair this evening and tonight we have a very full programme as we approach the season of Lent. Father Brendan Quinlevin will be chatting with Bishop Fintan Monaghan about the season of Lent, but also about the confirmation programme that rolls out over the parishes over the coming months. I'll also be chatting with my colleague Stephen Fletcher, and we will be conversing about the approach into the season of Lent, which commences this Wednesday, the 14th of February, with Ash Wednesday. And it's also, as you, many of you know, it's also the Feast of St. Valentine's, so we have Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday clashing on next Wednesday. But uh, it's not really a clash because I suppose uh, when we do love somebody and when we recognise that love, well, there's always a little bit of sacrifice in that as well. But anyway, to put us in the mood for uh, Valentine's Day, I've chosen a song to start us off, and it's from Beth Nielsen Chapman, All I Have. This 
Here I am at the invitation of my colleague Stephen Fletcher in Kilrush uh, having a cup of coffee and I think we've prob- you've probably emptied the larder getting ready for Lent uh, because there's such delights in front of me and plate here. <laughs> I did warn you, I did warn you that it's going to change during Lent. So yeah, we're just... Uh, uh, I don't, did you, were you aware that on Thursday uh, the Polish Christians were celebrating Fat Thursday uh, because they start Lent on Friday, last Friday they started Lent, and so our local baker, especially for the Polish, had made these special—I don't know what they'd be called—sort uh, of like donuts with the donut they were donut, flavor, yeah. uh, special donuts. And so Francis uh, ordered them, and I went out and bought two large donuts, uh, which are fairly similar to our donuts, but they're supposedly Polish donuts and. Uh, very nice they were too, anyway. But, Absolutely. Uh, Thank you for the, the, the portion. And we'll have to get ready for Lent now in the next few yeah. days. Of course, you know, next Tuesday, the same sort of tradition is with us with, with Shrove Tuesday mm. and the making of pancakes. And if you like, that goes back to emptying the larder and getting rid of the rich food before the season of Lent mm. comes upon us. But of course, that is next Wednesday. And I think right throughout all or most of our churches, right throughout the diocese and throughout Ireland uh, people will have the opportunity to have ashes placed in their forehead as a reminder to us I suppose of of the the, the briefness of human journey really and that dust we are unto dust we shall return but it's also a message of calling back to repentance because that's very much a biblical image as well of being in sackcloth and ashes mm. But I've noticed in recent years, I suppose part of the renewal of Vatican II, Stephen, for us in our tradition has been that the emphasis is much more upon that this is a season, a special joyful season of grace where we we put the emphasis on doing something positive. You know, it's not all negative. It's about it's about enriching our lives, spending a little bit more time maybe in prayer and maybe with our alms giving as well. Uh, helping those in need, and that's reflected in the Troker campaign that will be happening uh, in our churches all through Lent, and just just being conscious of the needs of others and of our world at this time. Yeah, and, and you were mentioning ashing, and that's something that uh, I remember from my youth was always a Catholic thing, but it's happening more in our church. There's quite a few members of our clergy who will be providing ashing services on Ash Wednesday. So it seems to be something, you know, we, we're sort of coming together and recognising the, the merits of each other's traditions in that way. So that's that's nice, I think. And of course, the tradition of where we get the ashes, like it's not from the great, it's, it's it's actually the palms that we would have used uh, last year for Passion Sunday coming into Holy Week that we keep those and then they're burnt and that provides the ash that we then place in our mm. fold for this year. Again, such as showing the continuity and the journey of life yeah. and the fact that this is a, a time of call of repentance or of renewal really and I think Bishop Finton will be talking about that later on in our programme as well. Yeah, yeah, and uh, with Lent coming up, as you were saying, it's uh, a good thing, I always think of it, as not giving up something, but perhaps doing something additional. And uh, uh, there will be many courses and things uh, coming up in Lent that people can go to. It's just a matter of looking to uh, in your 
parish uh, notice sheets and things and seeing what they are. But uh, I know uh, some of them are happening here in Kilrush. That's they? right. In fact, this weekend in West Clare, um, people attending church would have been introduced to some of the members of the adult faith team, lay ministry, that is happening in the Diocese of Killaloo. And they are going to be providing a, a little scripture course, an introduction to the Bible uh, that will be taking place in Kilrush over four nights, commencing on Wednesday week, not this Ash Wednesday, but Wednesday the 21st of February, and that will be running in the community centre in Kilrush from 7.30, I think, until quarter past nine on those Wednesday nights. Just will help people to maybe want to begin to know how to read the Bible or understand how it's written and things like that. And, um, you know, the people in West Clare will have heard about what the course will entail at Masses this weekend. So maybe next week we might have a little bit more detail on that that we can share with our listeners. Uh, so that's one, one particular course that is happening in the West Clare area. But in other areas as well, there are many other initiatives that will be happening during this season of Lent. And of course, this is very unusual, I suppose, in some way, uh, Stephen, that Lent this year, the beginning of Lent Ash Wednesday, is clashing with another great celebration, which is uh, St. Valentine's Day. And I always like St. Valentine's Day for simply because I suppose it, I've associated with my mother, it was her, actually her birthday ah. as well. God be good to her. But I've always sort of seen it really as, as a day for celebrating the friendships that are in my life. Mm. And so it's something that I think all of us can share in that celebration of being grateful for the love that is, surrounds us on the journey of life. So I suppose I'd like to share with people uh, one of my favourite um, songs as Associated with Valentine's Day is actually from the pen of Richard Rogers and Lionel Hart from one of their shows in just Pal Joey. But here is Carly Simon and her version of My Funny Valentine. And we hope to chat next week when we won't have such plush food <laughs> on the table. Stephen, no, thank you as always. It's my pleasure, Jerry. Thank you very much. And here's the voice of Carly Simon. When 
there of Carly Simon and now we go to Adele and make me feel my love. Thank you. 
Anish Chakton Eric Beganoi Dol Kunshina, Augustration Fail of Rija, or Doig Me Mohyol. Here we are, two weeks uh, into the month of February. We stand on the threshold of the sacred season of Lent. There are signs of spring and growth and renewal and new life uh, throughout the diocese and the church as the synodal pathway continues. And also towards the end of this month, our bishop will be starting the season of the Sacrament of Confirmation. So it's a busy starting time this month of February for us as we gather here this evening. And I'm delighted to have on the programme uh, our own Bishop, Bishop Finton Monaghan, to speak a little bit about the things that are coming up. Maybe we could start, since it's only a few days' time, with the whole season of Lent, a very special time. And as the preface of Ash Wednesday reminds us, a joyful season which may surprise some people. How do you look forward to Lent, Bishop Finton? Well, as you say there, one of the meanings of the word Lent is that of springtime. And it is a lovely time of the year with the lengthening evenings and that lovely quote from Raftery that you, you had there. And that sense of Ardoi me mehiol, the new energy that is in so many people's sails at this time of the year. Um, and, and in church terms, it is a time where people focus on um, the sense of meaning, uh, the true meaning of their, their faith in preparation for, for the great festival of Easter, which is really the, the core of our faith in many ways, that and Christmas time. Uh, so it is a very special time, really, um, a time of six weeks of preparation for, for that great festival. And right around the diocese, there are so many interesting things happening, uh, not least um, uh, the novena that you have yourselves uh, in, in Tulla, and I, I see the, the theme of that is linking in with the theme for confirmation and also the current pastor letter, that of um, going forward and faith, hope and love. Uh, so that's, that's a good theme. So you have that happening in Tulla. And I see over in the eastern part of the diocese, uh, not in our own county, Clare, but in, in Tipperary, they have Life in the Spirit seminars, a whole series of uh, interesting talks there. And back in West Clare, then in Kilrush, there's a whole series on scripture. We have a group called the Adult Faith Formation Team, uh, four people, three men and, and uh, a lady from uh, Bearfield, uh, and they are providing uh, uh, an input and also time for discussion and celebration of the importance of scripture and um, trying to encourage people uh, to um, uh, delve into the, the whole richness of the, the biblical tradition that is so important for us. So they're just some of the little things that are, are happening uh, as part of this great season Lent. And this season of Lent, of course, is above all else a time for growth. Uh, and that's very much one of the themes that runs through many of the pastoral activities that are happening throughout the diocese. The idea of growing in faith, in hope and in love. And you have chosen that in a particular way as the theme for the confirmation celebrations uh, that, that begin towards the end of this month. Bishop Finton, do you enjoy celebrating the sacrament of confirmation in the parishes? 
Absolutely love it, really. Uh, you know, it starts from the end of February uh, and goes right through until early June. Uh, and it, it really is a very special time because you're linking in with people at such a, a happy time, as you mentioned, the word joy and the season of Lent being a joyful season. But it is such a, a, a really, really genuinely joyful time. Uh, you know, the sacred rite of passage moving from primary school for the students into secondary school and availing of the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And I think it's really nice to have that layer of faith, hope and love as part of the sacrament. And I suppose where that comes from, it's an echo of the pastoral letter, pastoral plan that we have at the moment. And the background to that was that looking around the diocese of Killaloo, you have this great tradition of faith going back to the time of St. Flannan and St. Senan, uh, back to Jesus Christ himself and, you know, the great patristic legacy that was there. And uh, then the religious orders and the, the great faith that they celebrated in the diocesan system taking place. Uh, and the beautiful churches that we have, all 138 of them around the diocese. So there's that great legacy of faith there. And, and then moving on to the sense of hope that despite the struggles and the challenges that we have and the declining number of clergy and the lessening of the practice of faith, at the same time, we're still people that believe um, in the hope of our faith. Uh, and that is still very much in the hearts of, of so many believers right around the diocese and very anxious that, that this would continue or eager, I should say, rather than anxious. Uh, and then it moves on to the sense of, of love uh, love is putting, I suppose, structures on that so that that faith and that hope would be able to continue into the future. And then bringing that into the into the sacrament of, of confirmation for the young students, what they're receiving is the gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit. And what faith, hope and love are, they're virtues. And virtues are very similar to what you would say in a game the skills are. Uh, if you look at last week there when Claire were playing Cork in, in Cusack Park, the teams beforehand would tip around the ball and do all kinds of little skillful things. And these little skills build up their sense of confidence and be able to play fluently in terms of being expert at their game. And so too in faith terms, um, faith, hope and love are virtues. And these are the skills that allow us to be able to let the Holy Spirit in, uh, to be active and to be uh, literally do what it says on the tin, to be able to get closer to God and realize the presence of God very much so. I'm just reading a very interesting series of books at the moment by Jacques Philippe and his one lovely book called Interior Freedom. Uh, and he puts forward the idea that is through the virtues, and he defines what the virtues are uh, in terms of skill, and that the Latin word is virtus, which is uh, really strength or the power, and the power of the Holy Spirit giving us that sense of the presence of God. So that it's a very rich and deep theme uh, like that, and I do hope that the students will get a, a sense of that. And I did a little video there at the start of the season of confirmation, trying to encourage the students uh, to reflect on how can they be people of faith and hope and love in their families, in their schools, in their communities uh, and into the future. And an awful lot of the students, when they're preparing for confirmation as part of the programme, they write to me and explain, first of all, why they want to be confirmed 
And secondly, then, if there is any particular theme. So I'm encouraging them this year to work out how can they bring uh, the virtues of faith, hope and love into the celebration of the sacrament of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so I really look forward to receiving hundreds and hundreds of letters from the students having reflected on that great theme. Having invited the young people to enter a little deeper reflection about the faith dimension of the sacrament, I suppose one of the questions that many people would ask is, is there having been an overemphasis maybe on the social dimension and that idea that sometimes confirmation is sometimes regarded in some parts of the world as a kind of a sacrament of exit, the last formal connection some people have. How do we strive to bring about that deeper spiritual meaning of the sacrament into our celebration and our preparation with the young people? Well, during the season of the um, pandemic, uh, during COVID, um, a, a huge amount of work was done focusing with parents, the students themselves, with teachers, with all involved in the sacrament. And that was one of the big points that emerged from it, the importance of the faith dimension of it. Uh, that would complement, obviously, the, the great uh, social occasion that it is. Uh, and the big drive amongst parents and teachers at the time was to try and retrieve as much of the importance of the faith element and to, in some ways, take the emphasis away from uh, the razzmatazz and the, uh, I suppose, the perfection in terms of the performance that might be there in terms of music and all that, important and all as that is, but that there would be an emphasis on the preparation. And there is a very good program in place in the schools called Grow and Love. And for people that follow that faithfully, there's a great, I suppose, catechetical program uh, for it and uh, gradually leads them into a deeper understanding of that. And as you say, it is a huge challenge then beyond that as to what the students will 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 be will they continue to engage through secondary school and into university even, which is even more of a challenge. Uh, and there are so many ways that schools, I think, try and do that. And we're fortunate that we have many different things that link in, be it the John Paul II Awards in secondary school or uh, going to Lourdes as an option for some and going to Taze as an option for, for other people. Uh, and also the, the basic catechetical programs that are there in the schools. Um, but certainly there is some sort of a hold, I suppose, if you could term it like that in, in primary school, where you have First Holy Communion as, a, as an anchor, and then the final anchor being the confirmation there, uh, and then these other things at second level. So I suppose all the time we're looking for new ways to be able to um, ensure that um, the possibilities are there in terms of young students being able to explore and celebrate their faith. And that really is very much, I suppose, a thing to remember that that the, the, the sacramental value and the spiritual value of the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit, it's, it's not just receiving the gifts, but it's about opening them and using them. And how do we encourage those young people who will receive those gifts of wisdom and understanding and knowledge and right judgment and reverence and wonder and awe in God's presence, how do we encourage them to integrate those not just with their their daily life and living, but also to connect them with the practice of the faith community. 
Yeah, and I think that was one of the reasons that I proposed that students would be able to reflect on looking at their own, we'll say, family situation, looking at their own communities. Uh, and this is part of the genius of John Paul II Awards, where uh, the work uh, not only in the school, but in the community. And how can they bring that sense of faith, that sense of outreach uh, to other people? How can they love God by being people of prayer, not just in their own personal prayer, but also the communal aspect of it, reflecting the body of Christ, that they would come together, uh, you know, for Sunday Mass or for a funeral Mass or a wedding or whatever it would be. Um, so trying to encourage people to look for ways that they can really be that in, 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 uh, in, in so many ways. So it is a challenge. It is a huge uh, thing to try and, and, and keep their interest because there's so many I suppose, conflicting interests or complementary mm. interests with all the sporting and um, musical interests that they might be involved in. Uh, so to keep faith up there on that level um, is, is, is not easy, but something we strive to do. And not only is it, is, is it not easy, but I think at times isn't it a little countercultural if a lot of their contemporaries don't regard being part of the faith community or being member of the church or being practicing regularly, if it's not common among their contemporaries, isn't it all the more difficult for them? Doesn't it take a lot of that courage, which is one of the gifts of the Spirit for them? Yeah, absolutely, it does. Um, I often think, you know, things that they're involved in, they're very tangible sort of things. Whereas I often think there was a lecturer, Manuth, used to often quote this phrase, He'd say, uh, pie in the sky as opposed to jam where I am. And so many of the practical things that kids are involved in are literally jam where I am. Whereas religion as such is, is kind of a spiritual thing. It's sort of abstract. And by its nature, people that are older, and I often think when you go into uh, uh, the Abbey Church in Galway and uh, lunch uh, time mass, would be mainly populated by elderly people who are perhaps moving closer to uh, their journey into eternal life. So it's probably not more natural, I think, that an elderly generation would be more interested in religion. But quite a number of people, young people, and my experience of working with them at second level hugely, that there is a very deep uh, spiritual core uh, and their sense of outreach in terms of social justice and looking after the poor and they're very passionate about care for the environment and uh, uh, those very important things which are also faith things as well as being uh, good things in terms of being a, an upright and solid citizen as well. Um, so to tr try and bring that out uh, uh, in, in, in whatever way possibly can uh, in terms of the young people there and to demonstrate that that if you're doing this from a religious perspective, it adds a whole new and extra dimension that, you know, something that they might be doing from a secular point of view as well. But there's a great motivation and extra from the religious point of view as well.
And that piece of music is entitled Karen and played for us by the Kilfenora Cayley Band. You're tuned to Beyond Belief here on Clare FM on this Sunday, the 11th of February. Father Brendan Quinlevin is chatting with Bishop Finton Monaghan. And just before that piece of music, he was talking with Bishop Finton about the confirmation program that is rolling out over the coming months right throughout the diocese. As well as being confirmation season, uh, we enter Lent this week, and Father Brendan now continues his chat with Bishop Finton about the pastoral program that the bishop has lined up for the months ahead. So then you're, you're beginning this journey of celebrating the Sacrament of Confirmation and meeting so many of the young people in the different parishes across the diocese. But that's not the only journey you're making during the season of Lent as part of pastoral planning along with uh, Father Michael Collins, the, the Director of Mission and Evangelization in the Diocese. You're going to be visiting each of the pastoral areas to follow up on some of the things that were expressed in your pastoral letter in the autumn, again, around those themes of growing faith, hope and love. These meetings are open to people actively involved in parish life. Tell us a little bit about, uh, or indeed maybe to people that aren't as well are welcome to come along. Tell us a little bit about what kind of things you'll be hoping to prompt at those meetings. Yeah, it's it's an exciting venture right across the diocese. began last week with three meetings in uh, uh, the most western pastoral area, a joint venture between Koshariga and Inishkahi, and it's moving from west to east. So we'll finish up then with the final one in, in Cronin pastoral area um, towards the end of the month. So there'll be 15 separate meetings and people that are invited are people that are involved in the structures at parish level, uh, be it the chairs of the pastoral councils, the wonderful new ministers that have had such a, a great effect and, and uh, very effective pastorally in, in the many pastoral areas. Um, and also, we'll say, some other people that might be involved with clergy in, in different ministries. Uh, so we'll be meeting uh, them and we'll be looking at the content of the pastoral letter. Uh, what are the positive things that have enabled people to be able to work in a collaborative manner? Um, judging by the challenges that are there. And every pastoral area is so different in the individual challenges that they have. For example, around the Ennis area, where you have four or five parishes, they had a, a very different reality to, we'll say, Inishkahi or, or Koshariga, which would be very rural as opposed to, to the urban. And Six Mile Bridge in Shannon and uh, Newmarket would be so different. So every meeting will be will be different and we'll be looking at well, what are the concrete steps that we can take. And every pastoral area was encouraged by Christmas time to have a pastoral area council in place, which uh, uh, sort of facilitates a move from looking at things just from the parish point of view to the bigger region of the pastoral area, of which we have 15 in the diocese. And the hope would be that we'd be able to move in terms of not moving away from the importance of the local and uh, the, the local involvement and individual parish identity being so important, but to have a structure that maybe at pastoral area level, uh, things could be simplified by having things like GDPR and safeguarding and financial things centralised so it would free up the individual pastoral or parishes uh, to concentrate on the genuine pastoral things like visiting the sick, celebrating funerals, marriages, 
preparation for the sacraments and all of that, because that's what people want to be at. You know, the bureaucratic administrative things are important, but they're not the central thing of what we're about. So that's the whole point. We're trying to help people to identify how can they collaborate, work uh, together? How can they ensure that the vocation of the baptized is there and encouraged and is complementary to the important work of the uh, the vocation of the, the priests that are doing such fantastic work right around the diocese? Uh, in so many areas. So in, in many ways, what you're doing is we, we were talking there earlier on about the living out of the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. You're challenging the adults and the people charged with leadership in the communities to make those gifts and fruits a living reality in the different parishes. Yeah, and people have been doing it so well and effectively, I suppose, really since the uh, aftermath of the Second Vatican Council, which encouraged the vocation of all the, the baptized. Everybody is baptized, is baptized as priest, prophet and king. And that's very complementary to the role of, of the priest uh, and the religious that are working in the diocese. And we've uh, uh, 24 people that were, were trained in a very specific way and then along with that, then we have other little initiatives like um, uh, funeral teams and some training is going on in relation to that. We have uh, a course going on in the eastern part of the diocese and please God that will be rolled out for some other areas as well uh, to help people to have the skills to be able to help people at times of bereavement and, and that. And with some people of our new ministers working with married couples and preparation for, for the sacrament of marriage and that. And that's very important work as well. And then the catechists then are doing great work in linking in not only with schools, but in ensuring that the programs to be able to integrate with the parish and the community are as effective as they possibly can. An awful lot of those uh, initiatives were, I suppose, started prior to COVID and they were beginning to gather a momentum and um, a nice bit of work was done in them. And like so many things in the religious and secular world, they almost fell apart then during COVID and are only beginning to gather momentum in the last year or two. Uh, so it's great to be back up and running and be able to, to do these things without uh, and the impediments of, of being able to gather socially because it's so much better to be able to gather in a social setting than purely online, which was the only uh, option that we had during those years. And the other big thing that's going on is the ongoing synodal pathway, which is a huge thing. And um, we're towards the end of the international phase of the synodal pathway, which Pope Francis has called. And uh, the first phase of that concluded last October with the Synod of Bishops and Religious and Lay People, one of the largest gatherings ever. And it was very historic because normally a Synod of Bishops is just bishops and cardinals alone. Uh, but there were a huge number of people that are involved in the church otherwise. And Pope Francis has sent back the deliberations of that and asked us to reflect on that at local level. And so much of the meetings that we're going to be having then will be uh, dovetailing with that, asking people, how can we be more synodal? The themes of the synodal pathway are how can we be more people of mission and communion and participation, which is exactly what we're trying to do in relation to the pastoral planning and what I'm trying to encourage the confirmation students to be. So that will be the end then next year of the international synodal pathway 
And then we'll have an Irish one coming up where we'll have that specifically for our own country. And uh, we have a course going on in Mallow at the end of February. And seven people were invited from the diocese uh, to train to be facilitators, to be able to have the skills to be able to uh, encourage groups to come together, to be able to uh, identify how we can be people of communion, participation and mission. So that's another huge thing that is, is going on. And one final big in initiative is that, and it links in again with this theme, is that next year is a jubilee year, always on the 25, every 25 years, uh, and it'll be the, the jubilee of hope, which is the middle of the, those uh, theological virtues. Uh, and, and that'll be a big celebration, focusing on the virtue of hope, which some people would think is abstract, but in religious terms, it's very concrete that we are people of hope, that we are people profoundly in, infused with a sense of the happiness and the joy of the resurrection. And that gives great direction and, and meaning to our lives as a religious person. So an awful lot of really interesting and, and rich and deep stuff going on. Really. Well, we started the discussion with that quote from Raftery where we said, I will set my sail in flight. It certainly sounds like a very busy time ahead for you and for pastoral teams throughout the diocese. And we wish you every blessing and special days uh, during this Lenten season. Bishop Finton, thank you very much for being with us on the programme this evening. And just finishing exactly along those lines, the final line of the pastoral letter is from St. John Henry Newman, an interesting quote. To live is to change and to be perfect is to have changed often. And that's what we're trying to do in terms of adapting uh, to the new reality uh, of the culture that we live in to ensure that that hope and that faith and that love continues uh, for many, many years to come. You open the eyes of my heart, Lord. You open the eyes of my heart, I want to see. I want to see you Open the eyes of my heart, Lord Open the eyes of my heart I want to see you I want to see you Open the eyes of my heart, Lord Open the eyes of my heart I want to see you, I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory, Lord pour out your power and love, as we sing holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see Shining in the light of your glory Lord, pour out your power and love
sing holy, holy, holy. Holy, 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 you are holy, holy. As we approach Ash Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, well, we have a little period of reflection now with Sister Anne Crowley on Ash Wednesday itself. From ashes, rise, new life begins. Time to care for our hearts and souls is ushered in. God calls, come back to me with all your heart. It is time to examine our inner life, to pause, to reflect. Look at your inner life, the life deep in your heart. It is time to check in on our relationship with God, with others, with creation. It is time to take a deeper look at things that impede our ability to love, to care, to be compassionate, to be forgiving. Lord, create in me a clean heart. Instill within me your love and peace. Allow God into your life. See yourself in a different light. In God's light, see your inner beauty. See your inner goodness. Return to right relationship with God. Many voices crowd our hearts. Listen to the truth, the authentic. Keep peace with your soul. Sit in the light and make God the centre. Tap into the wellspring of God's mercy and compassion. Lord, 
You are the mercy and compassion of God. Soften my heart and let me begin the journey back to you. Still and Know That I Am God, sung there by Christopher Walker. And before that, we heard from Sister Anne Crowley with a reflection for Ash Wednesday as we enter the season of Lent next Wednesday. Well, we're coming to the end of our Sunday evening programme this Sunday here on Clare FM. And my grateful thanks to Sister Anne Crowley for that reflection, uh, to Father Brendan Quinlevin, my colleague, uh, for chatting with Bishop Finton about Lent and about the confirmation programme that will be rolling out in the parishes over the coming months. And, of course, to my colleague Stephen Fletcher for chatting with me earlier and for producing tonight's programme. A reminder that we will be with you again next Sunday morning on the first Sunday of Lent at around a quarter to eight for Sunday prayer at court, and you'll be very welcome to join us. Also, our programme of Beyond Belief and our programme of Sunday Prayer are available for download by going to the Clare FM website or app and accessing it there at the catch-up facility. Father Jerry Kenny, uh, wishing you well and uh, every blessing as we enter this season of Lent next Wednesday. May you have a very peaceful week. Sláin agus bánach.